0: Uh, I ordered a pizza and it might show up in the middle of the show, so if I just randomly get quiet.
1: It out until found your inner peace.
0: Join the
1: crowd of aging beer Hey
2: everybody. Welcome to Off the Crossbar, Real Salt yeah, Lake Podcast. My line's dick. What's that? I said that's my line, Dick. You told me to toss it in.
0: Oh wait, what? No I didn't. You can't prove
2: that. Actually, I, I have it recorded.
0: Oh, shit. Okay, go ahead. Sorry.
2: Welcome to Off the Crossbar Real Salt, Real Salt Lake Podcast. I'm Matt Montgomery here with Trevor Brady and Jason Greenwood, who you know from previous episodes if you pay attention and get past the first minute which is an accomplishment. Uh Jason is here contrary to my tossing in the show. So
0: Yeah, I'm here. How are you guys?
2: I'm doing good. I mean, well enough, I guess. Up?
0: Are you holding up okay with the news today?
2: Yeah, I'm a little sad. Uh I was sick earlier and it kind of it was actually the thing that really woke me up today. Um so at least there's that.
0: Yeah, that's fun. I know. I, um, I don't know, man. Are you going to have to get rid of your Borlave kit now?
2: No, I don't think so. I think it's it's more ironic now than it was before. So
1: That's It's fair. a collector's item.
2: Yeah, there we go. Now, the Zango is kind of fading on it, but I can't complain about that.
1: Is it fading or peeling off? Because on mine, it's just peeling off. I'm missing most of the X, and it's working on the A now.
2: Uh, it's a little bit of both No complaints about that though Zango is not my yeah. favorite company
1: I was considering going in to like, get it repaired Or like fixed when it, when it was at the point where it could be fixed And then I was like no I really just don't care Yeah. If this goes away completely I'll be fine with it
2: Yeah
1: It gives it character Or something I don't know I don't know
2: I mean, I I figure if I really wanted to, I could do what the academy does and just put some black tape <laughs> over it.
1: Just get some big old fat black tape. Yeah. <laughs> just cover it up.
2: Yeah. That
1: would be perfect.
2: All right, so we're here to talk about the departure of Nat Borchers. Uh, that is as yet unconfirmed, uh, but Grant Wall proved pretty reliable in these things. Um. So I I don't think we have too much reason to doubt that.
1: No, we 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 don't. No. Yeah. Hey Trevor. Although I do think it was. Oh, dinner, here. Be right back.
2: Hey Trevor, did you uh, <laughs> did you ever figure out your what? door problem?
1: Door problem. Yeah. You're no, trying. I didn't. I, no, I'm not worried about my door problem.
2: Um, but your door was on its side
1: it's not on its side. It's like hanging crooked. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Instead of being like straight up and down, it's, it's to one side. But I did think it was funny that Grant Wall tweeted the, the Borchers news. And then about an hour later tweeted his interview with uh, Bruce arena. I was tempted to ask him if Bruce arena was a source for the trade.
2: That's that seems sorry. like it would be surprising. He's probably got some connection to someone in the, the Portland back office.
1: Oh, I'm sure he does.
2: It, it seems like that might have been where the like the source for uh Ives info on on the Will Johnson trade last year. Mm-hmm. Two years
0: ago rather, sorry. Hey I'm back. Alright, welcome back. Did you tip? Just the tip. Just for a second. Yeah, huh. <laughs> just to see how it feels. Did it feel good? Yeah, it
2: did. And so you didn't have to leave a real tip as a result, right?
0: Right.
1: Hmm. Good for you. Yeah, that's that's the trick.
2: All right. So, with Nat Borchers potentially and probably departing, uh, and Carlos Alcedo having his uh, Twitter outburst. That leaves us with not many defensive options centrally at the club. Uh, Do you guys think that this means that Carlos Alcedo has a chance to stay? Or do you think he's still kind of just out of the club now?
0: Uh, I I don't know. That's a tough
1: one. I I, I don't know. I kind of feel like it doesn't change anything. Um, I kind of feel like if they were... The, the Salcedo situation isn't going to affect any of their other roster moves. I mean, I, except that if Salcedo leaves, they're going to get another center back. I think okay. they just might have added that to their plans. Um, I don't think that they would have done anything different with the Borchers trade, right. regardless of the Salcedo situation. I think they're two separate two separate things.
2: I I think I agree with you there. Uh, I find it highly unlikely that that the club would allow themselves to be held ransom by a player, and and that,
1: that.
2: Um, just that that if uh, Carlos Falcido was leaving, uh, unless he got more playing time, and that if we didn't trade somebody to give him more playing time, uh, that he he would definitely leave. I just I don't feel like that's the situation at all. At least I hope not.
1: I can't imagine that is. I mean, if if that was a situation, I feel like the Salcedo situation would have been avoided. Yeah. I mean, if the club were to, A, I mean, if if we're going to believe that the club would kowtow to a player like Salcedo and say, okay, we'll make roster moves to adjust your wishes, which I don't think they would. um, But if they would, then they wouldn't have had, um, Salcedo wouldn't have left that tweet up for very long. Yeah. Because then somebody would have said, "No, we're in the process of moving Borchers to give you more playing time, so we're going to pick up your option. And we're hoping you're going to stay with the club." And they would, you know, and then either the tweet would be deleted or Salcedo would issue an apology and say the conflict was resolved or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I again, I, I don't think they're related at all. I think it's a huge stretch for people to say that um, this move has anything to do with Salcedo or. Anything like that? I, I think this was a move that was planned, um, before and independent of the Salcedo situation.
2: I, I think I agree with you. Uh, it it doesn't sound like a move that just comes out of thin air. We we haven't really been a team to do that sort of thing. We've always had a, like a, a long term outlook on things. Um, and so so if we were to depart from that. Like that sh- sort of short termism doesn't really doesn't really seem like us. At least that's the hope. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, but then I mean, if if you want to look at it another way, um, there there is still the unresolved Garth Lagerway situation. Hmm. Um, and I know Garth has said, and the team has said, that they're going to operate under the same plan that they've had the whole time. There's not going to be any changes. But maybe this is a move made in anticipation of Garth possibly leaving. And maybe this move didn't have anything to do with Garth, and so maybe the plan is changing. But again, we, we have no way to know that. I mean, that's just a speculation.
2: Well, I think the the move obviously is being done by Garth. He's He's the person that does these things. Uh, so I, I can't imagine that Garth didn't have a say in this.
1: No, and I agree. But I mean, if if the contract negotiations are not going well, to say that maybe Garth leaves, then maybe at this point Garth is not as adamant and, and, and saying, no, this move is not going to happen. Maybe if the club says, well, if you're going to leave, then do this one or two moves for us before you do. And if he's planning on leaving, if he's made up his mind at this point, I I don't think he's really looking for the long-term future of rail Salt Lake. I think he's just looking to the end of his time here and leaving Salt Lake in a good, good enough position for somebody else to take over.
2: That's certainly possible, but,
1: but But it's pretty speculatory.
2: Yeah. I think, I think I can say with a degree of certainty that, that Garth Loggeroy's attitude and his public statements about wanting to, uh, (laughs) operate the team as if he were staying, even if he doesn't stay. I, th- I think we can say that's an honest evaluation from him. I've never got the sense that he would purposefully, like, do something to this club that would that would put it in a less than favorable position or a short-term positive and long-term harmful position. Uh, I think this is Loggerway just... Doing what needs to be done. We saw the same thing happen with Will Johnson and the Spindula uh, a couple years ago. And, and Olave that same year.
1: Do you think we're headed toward that same kind of off season?
2: I mean, those were the three. Uh, I don't know. It depends, I think. If Chris Wingert stays, then maybe not. Uh, because I can't see us getting rid of any of our other veterans. Now. I think we all knew that Nat Borchers was one of the players that that you know could have been on the chopping block, and eh, not the chopping block like so negatively, but
0: that you know he could have he could have left.
2: Yeah, I mean his contract wasn't even renewed at that point. Uh, we had made him a, bo- a bona fide offer, but but we hadn't like brought him back yet, uh, so there was always a chance he wouldn't be coming back anyway. And so then maybe that lends a little bit of, of like insight to it that, not it's not maybe it's not that you know we didn't offer him a deal he wanted. I think if we made him a bona fide offer, uh, that probably would have been a, a proper pay raise for him. So actually, maybe I maybe it's just a case of, of you know saying that we've got this offer for you and and uh, you know we. We'd like to bring you back, but this is too hard to pass up. Like, this is the sort of that, thing that puts us in a better position long term.
1: Yeah, and that, that raises a question for me. I mean, we all know Borchers was out of contract. Um, did the team, did he sign with Real Salt Lake, sign the bona fide offer, whatever offer he got, and then did they trade Nat Borchers at that salary? Or did they just simply trade his rights, and now he gets to negotiate with Portland for a salary? I don't know. If I, that's the case, he's he's still got options. Um, I mean, he could, in theory, leave MLS, which is unlikely, or he could. I think, still just retire I mean, he, if he wanted.
2: He could, but you don't trade allocation money for a player like that if they're not going to come back. That's a player you like. You maybe you take in the re-entry draft, uh, but not a player you you trade for, especially with the re-entry draft like six days away now, right? Or eight days away?
0: No, it's sixth on the tenth. Wait, that's the expansion. No, that's
1: that's the expansion. I think the first round of the re-entry is on the twelfth, isn't it?
0: Yeah, so eight days. Are they doing both rounds the same day?
2: No. No. So so there are multiple rounds in the first stage, and then there's the second stage as well. And if you pick a player in the first round, you get to move to the second round, and and so on. I think up to four rounds. Uh, But beyond that, you... uh,
1: yeah. I think it just goes till every team passes.
2: Does it, does it go that long?
1: I think so, but I mean, realistically, it's not going to go past two or three rounds. Yeah, no. But, I mean, especially in the first stage, nobody's going to pick up three players. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe Chicago, who's rebuilding a roster. Yeah. Um, but I mean, unless you've blown up your team and you really like that player and his next and his contract next year. It, you're not going to take more than. I mean, I would Maybe be we'll surprised. I, I would. I would be shocked if there was more than eight players picked total in the first round or the first stage of the re-entry draft.
2: Well, let's let's look at the past re-entry draft. And, and I, I think the
1: past re-entry drafts. I mean, you'll see. I mean, okay that that's an annoying noise. Sorry, Sorry, God I
2: got damn it, Trevor.
1: I'm sorry. You're ruining the um, podcast. (laughs) Sorry. No, I think um, you'll find that most of the time in the first stage, there's not a lot of players picked. Teams would rather wait and then pick somebody up with the option to renegotiate.
2: Uh, Yeah. So let's look at the 2013 re-entry draft. In the first round, there were... Or in the first stage, there were five players selected. In the second stage, there were... Uh, nine players? Eight players? If we look back at 2012, which was a more tumultuous season for us, it's about the same. Actually, in the first first stage of the re-entry draft in 2012, it was only Mike Onsantos. There's a name I haven't heard in a while.
1: That was in the first stage? Or the first round? Yeah, first stage? Yeah. This Toronto him up, right?
2: Yeah, I agree with you, Jason. <laughs> so, Anyways,
0: um, so, Mike on Santos.
2: Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. The re free draft will be interesting. Uh, I can't imagine there are too many players worth looking at for us, but but we'll see. Uh, I, I would say that, that Portland has this Borchers thing wrapped up whether we gave him a deal and he signed there. I mean cuz the deal's with MLS uh not with Real Salt Lake, so uh or the contract at least. Um so I don't know. That that that's something at least.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't I I, I don't know. I thought it was a good trade like Yeah. The allocation, yeah, I mean, the cap hit, it made a lot of sense. Yeah, okay. yeah,
1: I mean, you pointed it out earlier on Twitter, but it's, it's not just that we get um, allocation money. It's more that we just freed up his whole salary off of our, off of our roster. Um, his salary was already kind of big. If he signed a new deal, it would have been even bigger. And then we got the allocation money on top of it, which allows us to buy down somebody else's salary. And I think with the rough numbers that we got, I mean, it was an estimated, what three hundred fifty, four hundred thousand dollar total with his salary off plus the allocation money that we likely got from him. Yeah, I mean that's that's huge from one player. That's massive. Yeah, that's a DP slot almost.
2: Yeah, almost. Yeah. Well, and that's money for Plata. That's money for Schuler who isn't making all that much money considering he's really good.
0: Yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, he's younger and and debatably as good as Borchers and paid a lot less. Yeah. And you know, there are a number of
2: players in the re-entry draft we could be looking at, too. Uh, and we could look at someone like Jair Benitez.
1: <laughs> or we could not at all look at Jair Benitez.
2: Uh, Marvell Wynn.
1: <laughs> no. Uh, no, yeah, Marvel Wynn was actually a name that popped out I mean, if we need center back depth I know he's coming from Colorado And that's, you know, whatever But he's young and he's fast And he's not a bad center back
2: Are you sure he's young?
1: He's, I think, about Schuler's age I think he's a little bit older
2: Oh, he's 28 I say,
1: so. yo- I say young He's not, like, he's just past his prime But he's younger than Borchers, for sure
2: Yeah uh, yeah, that's, he's only a few years younger than Borchers, but he, he was also paid 285000 in 2014.
1: Well, uh, that's why you pick him up in the second round and make him take a huge, uh, huge.
2: Yeah, and if we even look at that, hit. I'd look at maybe someone <laughs> yeah. like, uh, Gail Ag- Agbu Samande, uh, who last year made, or this year, I guess, made $55,000. you are
0: looking at the same spreadsheet that I am on SB Nation right now, aren't you? Yeah, the 2015
2: re-entry draft
0: yeah yeah bakari Samari I mean he made a lot of money though, yeah you'd have to go him like second phase or whatever,
2: yeah, uh, I'm looking at the other players,
0: rich Balchin?
2: uh and bond i mean he he didn't do too well at his last club, but he's a promising <laughs> player, right
0: huh, what about uh oh I don't know about that one. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> what about Carlisle Mitchell? No, I'm sure.
1: He was the guy... Um, he played for Vancouver, right? He was the guy yeah. who scored an own goal and then I think didn't play another game.
0: Um, he made like
2: 28 Trevor. appearances with Vancouver. Cover your vibrator keeps going off.
1: I know. I've got somebody that keeps calling me, and I just texted him like four times and told him to stop fucking calling me. And then they texted me to say, "Oh, sorry."
0: Okay. So, what is the deal with Seattle signing Onyakichi Apum and then putting him into the re-entry draft? I don't know. That is the because I remember when they signed him. It was I, I was even like he's a good you know he was a good player. Yeah, he'd been hurt for a long but- time, but.
1: I'd never heard of him before.
0: <laughs> oh, he played so. with the uh, Lens for a really long time in League 1.
1: Oh, in France? Yeah. Yeah, I think I kind of feel like it's cuz they signed him um
0: He was a he was like a like, free agent. He he hadn't played in like a year because he'd been hurt really bad.
1: Oh, really? I thought yeah. it, he was like a like an emergency backup signing um because they had a whole bunch of injuries at some at his position whatever it is
0: no he uh he never played for him
1: right because yeah it it, it was like a because he was he was signed like not at the beginning of the season he was signed i feel like it was like a third or halfway through the season and it was at the time when um what position does he play isn't he like a center back or something
2: He's a a defender of some sort.
1: I I feel like it was at a time when Seattle had like two or three guys that were injured or away on international duty or something. So they signed him like as a backup, like just in case because they needed another person, like for somebody to make the bench. And then he just never played. And I think it was because they thought he was better than he was. And I think they realized that after they signed him, he's just not the type of player that they wanted.
2: Maybe that, that, I mean, Seattle's seemed smarter with their moves than that, though, right uh yeah, yes generally, or no. I mean maybe
1: generally, but they've they've signed a couple duds, historically speaking,
0: yeah, that's true
1: so i I yeah, like i said i I'm not a Seattle fan, I didn't follow that move a whole lot. I just remember that it was a weird signing, and once he was released, it was weird again. And he he never played, or I don't really even think he made the bench more than two or three times. So. Yeah. But either way, if if you sign a player halfway through a season and then you don't ever play him, and then you release him at the end of the year, he's probably not that good. Probably not going to get picked up by anybody in the re-entry draft anyway. Yeah. Now watch, we're going to pick him up.
2: Yeah, I mean you never know. <laughs> oh wow, he was Maybe one dark. he was once robbed and kidnapped. Apom. Yeah, that's that's an interesting story.
0: Yeah, that sucks a lot.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Remind me not to uh get kidnapped in Nigeria.
0: Or anywhere. Yeah. All right. What are we talking about now? Uh, I don't know. Let's take a
2: quick break. Uh, Let's come back and talk defensive options moving forward. Uh, We can touch on Carlos Alcedo We can touch on a couple other things. Uh, So I'm gonna hit stop. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back. We'll talk more.
1: (laughs)
0: Sure. Be right back.
2: all right we're back get off tinder all you guys
0: i'm never off tinder oh, okay.
2: <laughs> that's fair enough okay so we're going to talk defensive implications of this potential move of nap orchards um we talked a little obviously about carlos alcedo but there are other things to discuss Chiefly, what happens without any Natural. central defenders outside of Chris Shuley?
0: Hey, and you're right. And no, what? There's, got, there's somebody on the roster, technically.
2: I, I missed what you were saying, actually.
0: Said Salcedo's on the roster, still, technically.
2: Yeah, technically. Uh, I would still be surprised if he stayed, as we were discussing.
1: Yeah, let's not really on Salcedo yet until we get more info cuz I, I i agree i think he's kind of on his way out they're just trying to find a way to make it work for the team yeah
2: okay so if we're let's say that hypothetically Schuler in a couple weeks is the only central defender we have at the club or even in say a week the trade you know the trade window opens monday uh, that's when we can expect to hear news on on Borchers um and so going from there like what if we only had one central defender what what do we do
1: Well we get more I mean hopefully
2: Oh hopefully I think right. I mean that's a <laughs> that's a fair assessment we obviously have Justin Glad who uh is probably not ready for a starting role yet uh at least physically he he may need to uh, bulk up a little bit Considering he's still yeah. still a little bit slight, uh, I mean he's he's seventeen, so you can't fault a him for that. A little bit
1: slight is is generous. Yeah,
2: um, but he but is, clearly he's small. He's uh, very good with his feet. He's he's a good you know a solid, smart defender already. Uh, and, and Nat Borchers was never the biggest, um, but but clearly bigger than Justin Glad.
1: Yes, indeed. Um, we, we did talk previously about the possibility of moving Winger over, having him play as a center back and then just look for more fullback options. I mean, so that's still I think technically on the table.
2: Yeah,
1: and I uh, I don't know why I'd at least consider it, but even then, I mean that gives us what, three yeah, and center back
2: options. That that is assuming that play. that's assuming that Winger does uh return to the club. And if he's willing to return yeah, that- to the club for a potential backup position. Or maybe as a starting position alongside Schuller. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that'll be interesting. But, I, I mean, as far as players that we have currently, I i mean, that's pretty much it, isn't it?
2: Yeah, unless we convert uh, Kyle Beckham into a center back. Or Jordan Allen. Or Jordan Allen. Yeah, there you go. Joe Plata. Yeah. Hey, Jaime was good on set like defending set pieces.
0: Maybe that's why we signed Jaime is because that was the plan all along.
2: Yeah, there we go. The ultimate con- coup.
0: To convert him <laughs> to center <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay,
2: so other options include uh let's say signing a player from overseas, which I don't think is out of the question.
0: Yeah, no, well we do doing like, some international percentage. scouting or something.
2: Yeah, uh In the last, I I know Loggerway a couple weeks ago said that he was evaluating some stateside options uh, while the coaching staff was looking internationally. Not necessarily for center back. He didn't say that specifically, uh, but that they were doing scouting internationally.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Andy Williams tweeted a couple weeks ago. Not a couple weeks ago, because. Holy shit,
0: it sounds like that Owen Coyle thing is a done deal.
1: That's fantastic. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Owen Coyle is... No, you're fine. This This is a perfect interruption. Owen Coyle is probably the new manager of Houston.
0: Oh, and of course the article in the Houston Chronicle has to point out Coyle, who coached former Dynamo midfielder Stuart Holden in Bolton... Yeah, It brings a
2: little bit of relevancy to it. Like a name they might recognize because of that.
0: Yeah. I just thought it was funny. Yeah, it is. People already are like, what a huge mistake by the Dynamo.
2: Seems excessive.
0: It's Scott Scott Kessler. Of course it's excessive. Come on. I'm just kidding. I love Kessler.
2: Yeah, he might be moving to Utah and he can join us on the podcast sometimes.
0: Yeah. I almost said something awful. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time.
2: Yeah. Or the so, last time.
0: What were we talking about before Owen on Defensive options.
1: International scouting. International scouting and defensive options. Maybe we're going to sign John I seem to remember that Andy Williams said he was going international for scouting players. We could sign John Terry. If that would we, be a huge mistake.
2: We could sing some fun chants about him.
1: I would... Definitely, sing chance about John John Terry.
0: Uh, I would buy an RSL John Terry kit so fast, what and is then it? I would go commit hate crimes in it, just so I could actually feel like John Terry.
2: There you go. Yep. Yeah. yeah, John then, Terry and Frank Lampard in the same league. That's
0: uh... then I would join a rec team, and whoever on the team had the hottest girlfriend, I would <laughs> nail her <laughs> while wearing my John Terry jersey. It's uh, it's soccer cosplay. Imitation is flat is the most sincere form of flattery, isn't that what they say?
2: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so yeah, we could be looking at international options. Uh I assume we'd have no idea who it was if we signed them, because honestly that's what we're going to do. Uh or we could be looking at MLS options and ASL options, USL options, probably not, but you never know.
0: We're really good at scouting in ASL, it seems like.
2: Yeah, that was Jeff Cassard's job before uh before he took over as head coach.
1: Okay. Outside of Luke Maholland and Jeff Atanella, have any of our player current players played in an ASL?
0: Not current. Johnny Steele did.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Johnny Steele. I forgot about him.
0: But still, that's two pretty decent ones in three years. Yeah, and I I'd say and Johnny Steele was a good the-
2: option. Just kind of a a bad seed.
0: Yeah, I don't think he—he he just didn't fit here.
2: Yeah, he's a player. Yeah, I mean, and, and Jason Kreis's uh, inability to use him in a system that fit him at all, um, I think, didn't help him whatsoever.
1: Jason Christ not using players in a system tailored to the players.
2: I know it's the same thing he saw. What's with that Artur- you say? I know Arturo Alvarez had the same thing. Uh, he was a wide player that we tried to use in several different spots and they clearly didn't work for him. Well, Luke Mulholland, I think, actually like had had the same risk but fit in really, really well.
0: Uh, until the playoffs.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, that wasn't
1: really a systemic thing. That was just a player falling on his face thing.
2: He wasn't the only one. No. But he didn't help. All right, now that I'm depressed, uh, what if we look at players that have played with us before? Like, say, and then Jason, I know you would be excited about this one, Brandon McDonald.
0: Brandon McDonald! I would love that. Somebody has Brandon McDonald. Oh, it's AY. AY has uh, Brandon McDonald's kit from his only RSL start.
2: Yeah, in Colorado, I think. (laughs) I was there. That was awesome. Yeah.
0: That was like when that happened. I was like, "Man, Brandon McDonald's gonna be here forever," and then like six months later, he wasn't here anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a little weird. He couldn't get minutes ahead of.
0: It was when Salcedo team. like really came along.
2: Well, it was Salcedo, but he couldn't get minutes ahead of like Kwame. Uh,
0: well, Kwame didn't play a ton last yeah, year, did he? It was. Well, it wasn't last year, was it? Yeah, it was last year. Well, not this this season that just ended. But yeah, it was twenty thirteen. McDonald was with us the MLS Cup season.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. You're, you're right. It's all coming back to I me know.
0: now. Oh, actually.
1: It usually does. Isn't oh. McDonald playing like Sweden or something right now?
0: Yeah. yeah, in the Sweden second division.
2: Okay, so Brandon McDonald only came after Kwame was uh, picked up his
0: injury, his long-term injury. Yeah, and Schuler was, I think Schuler was hurt too. Yeah. He was like emergency exactly. backup.
1: Yeah, we picked him up like halfway through the season and used him for one game and then like never again, right?
0: Yeah. Well, not never again. That's my memory. He he had some spot starts and stuff. I think he played in that Vancouver game when like the reserve team played. Uh, Yeah. Yes, he did.
1: Yeah. That sounds right. That was a good game. Yeah. I mean. Memories.
2: But he's a 28-year-old defender, like prime of his career, playing in Sweden now, but he knows the league.
0: He doesn't have to like adjust. to... I mean, there were, I'm sure there would still be some adjustment, but yeah, knows the league and knows the players here. Yeah, and he. I mean, like he clearly
2: didn't have problems with the players here, and he's still friends with a number of them.
0: Yeah, I know him and Finley were really good buddies. Yeah, I mean, even I think even I think before he came here.
2: Yeah, I mean they're both Arizona guys, right? Yeah. And
0: so,
2: yeah, a lot of Arizona players. Nat Borchers was an Arizona player. Yeah,
1: I mean, was he, he?
2: Well, I mean, he grew up in Tucson.
1: Oh, he grew up in Colorado.
2: No, I went to school at University. Yeah, of but Denver. he went to college.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah. Um. We've yeah, also got some I've... academy options that could be appealing. Uh, we have players like Fanuel Cavita, who's just graduating from Clemson, just finished his senior year uh, of oh, playing. Do you have
0: his rights, Matthew?
2: Yeah, and we do, actually, because he came through the academy and has played uh, with us every summer uh, for the requisite amount of time to retain a player's homegrown rights. So he's one option we could look at.
1: And he just graduated from Clemsman? C- Clems- Clemson? Yes, he
2: just graduated from Clemson. From from, uh, from Jurgen Clemson, yeah.
1: <laughs> from Jurgen Klinsman University.
2: Yeah. No, from uh, Clemson, and
1: I. Uh, I th- okay. I. Yeah, I thought he was like just graduating from the academy. Shows you how much I follow the academy kids, but I thought he was a much younger option.
2: No, he's like twenty three,
1: twenty four, I think. Oh well, I'm warming up to that idea a lot more than I was.
2: Yeah, I know. And rightly
0: so. He was quite good. Yeah, he's a he's like was a he big one... guy. I mean, he's he's a solid, solid dude. He's in really good shape.
2: Yeah, he's six, six 184 pounds, according to uh, Clemson's website. I don't know what that really means, but
1: and was he, he the one that might be going overseas? No. I think you are talking about an academy kid that might be signing with the team, but will probably end up going overseas because there's a lot of offers for him.
2: Are you thinking or of like something? Brooks, That's Lennon Brooks Lennon or Riggs Lennon his yeah.
1: brother? I feel like it was somebody other than Brooks Lennon, but yeah, it could just be Brooks Lennon.
2: Does Lennon have a brother? Yeah, Riggs. They're both at the academy. Is
1: he good? Yeah. Isn't his brother only like 14 or 15 or something like that? No, I
2: think he's at least 16. No, his brother Riggs is actually at Virginia. And Brooks is, like,
0: 20, I think.
2: Uh, No, Brooks is actually still with the the Academy.
1: Really? Is Brooks the younger one? Yeah. Oh, well. Got that backwards. Yeah, well. That's what you get when you don't follow the Academy very much, I guess.
2: Good job. So, yeah, uh... Kavita certainly an option. I would, I would, I'd be happy to see. I've seen him play for the reserves, and he, he was really good then. So, I don't see why we wouldn't look at him.
0: Yeah, maybe
1: we will. So basically, there's a whole lot of we don't know going on right now.
2: Uh, yeah, right? I think that's fair to say.
1: i Am fair to say? Yeah.
2: I mean, yeah, part for the course for off the crossbar, Real Salt Lake podcast. We just we don't know a whole <laughs> lot of stuff. It's kind especially of hard thing. the
1: cusp of, especially on the cusp of uh, an expansion draft, a couple of reentry drafts.
2: Yeah, it's the more we think right we might know, re-entry. the less we know.
1: Yeah, I I really kind of think that's going to happen a lot more this off season than it usually does.
2: I don't know. It seems like it, except last season, uh, every off season has been kind of throwing our hands up, like, well, we don't know what's going to happen.
1: Well, I mean, we, we go in, like, knowing, like, which positions we're looking at as far as, like, players to sign, usually.
2: Yeah, and, two years ago, we didn't know we'd be looking for midfielders and forwards. Two years it, ago? Oh Well, before, or we didn't know that before we knew Will Johnson and Fabian Spindler were leaving.
1: Oh, and the entire rest of the forward core at the yeah. same time, except for Except for Sabo.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, we only had three forwards that year. One was Paulo Jr. Oh we had four and uh
1: No we yeah, we released four players that were forwards.
2: Bone that was the one. No, we we released two, traded one.
0: Does Paulo Jr. really count as a player? I think
2: <laughs> he still talks about Rayo Salt Lake. Actually, he's uh, he's more a fan than he is a
0: player. Yes, he is. You are correct. That's, it's kind of, yeah, of cool that he keeps out. up on this. In the same way that I am more a fan than I am a player, Paulo <laughs> Junior is more a fan than a player.
1: Just kidding. Is Paulo, is he still in the second division of Brazil? Uh, probably Nautico. Nautico.
0: Nautico.
2: Nautico. Uh, they are. No, they're in Serie
1: A. Really? Well, good for him.
0: Oh, I searched Paulo Jr. And, on Wikipedia, and it's the some guy who's a bass guitarist for a Brazilian heavy metal band.
1: Yeah. Hmm, that's fun. What's the name of the band?
0: Oh, I spelled Paulo wrong. Holy fuck.
1: Oh, I found it. Oh, Paulo Jr.,
0: footballer.
2: The band is. Sepultura?
0: Oh, they're in the Brazilian Syria. I was like, he's playing for a team in Italy?
2: Oh, yeah, sorry.
0: <laughs> I was like, how have I never heard of this team in Serie A?
2: Oh. One of his influences oh, is Daddy yeah, Lee, definitely so you know he's, a good playing guy.
0: he's playing for AC Milan.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to look up the band now.
0: Oh, it's uh, Sepultura.
1: The day that Paolo Jr. plays for AC Milan.
0: Hey, he can't be worse
2: than Robinho. I feel
1: like I've heard of that band before.
2: Yeah, I think they they're reasonably popular in in prog circles. Um, yeah, he can. Okay, yeah, So, I think that kind of wraps up what we're looking yeah, at as far as I options. Yeah, I've heard of them
1: before. Just like mentioned in passing Yeah. a bunch of other bands. Anyway.
2: Yeah. Was... So, the the more we think we know uh, the less we know. And the less you we think we know. The is that pretty much it? Uh, no, there, there is actually one more topic. Uh, and that's what it does to mm-hmm. our re-entry mm-hmm. draft picks and our expansion draft uh, selected protected list. Uh, so let's start with the expansion draft. Now, I don't think any of us had us protecting that Borchers, but thought we might if... Uh, if we did try, if we did end up resigning him, is that fair to say? Yeah, that's fair. So I think the question then is, if the move was prompted by knowing that if we resigned him, we still wouldn't like he, we still probably wouldn't protect him. Hmm. Because it's just it's hard to protect a 34 year old center back. Yeah, so it doesn't.
0: Yeah, I don't think I don't think we would have protected him if we hadn't traded him.
2: But if we were to re-sign him,
1: I, I don't. I don't think we would have either. No, but if we know. re-signed him, we would have to protect him. I mean, we would well, technically have
2: to, but but no. it would be one of those things where you know you, if we were to re-sign him and consider him a big part of our future in 2015 uh you definitely want to protect him
0: Yeah,
2: that's true. And some I, mean, so, I kind
1: of feel like that would be like a condition of signing. If, yeah, is, maybe. If he re-signs, then he would say I'm only re-signing right now if you protect me in the expansion draft.
0: Yeah, what do we do like pinky or swear? Or
1: he said well, yeah. I mean it it'd be a pretty dick move by the organization to be like, "Oh yeah, we'll protect you in the organization in the expansion draft. Definitely re-sign with us and then not and then have them get picked up by New York." And yeah. That'd be I don't I don't think we're capable of that big of a dick move.
2: Yeah. I would I would hope not. And so so maybe that maybe the expansion draft does influence this a little bit. <laughs> um and maybe You know, being put in that position where, I mean, none of us really had Borchers on our list, right?
1: No, I don't. Did anybody protect Borchers? I mean, mean, on the entirety of the RSL soapbox expansion draft coverage, did anybody protect Borchers?
2: You know, I can't remember, so I'm going to look that up. I don't think so. Uh, In the... I didn't. In the readers... Picks, they no one or people did, but I don't think that's too surprising.
0: It's because he comes up and says hi after the games. That's uh, that. I'm so I think so highly of our readers. <laughs> uh, I'm so
2: no, I'm <laughs> I'm with you. Okay, so the contributor poll. Yeah, none of us protected Borchers, unsurprisingly.
1: I think. I mean, I don't even think we, – we get – if one of our players is picked, we get to pick – we get to protect an additional player, right? Correct. Because I don't – I don't even think Borchers was like that player for most of us. So I mean, I think Borchers was, was very much on the outside of players that we were going to protect.
2: Yeah. I think for me, he would you – know it, it would be him or grab if we protect I, second. I
1: Someone well, on
0: uh, someone on Soapbox from Portland commented and said list, so. said uh, a lot of Timber's fans have turned our backs on Will Johnson because they think Zemanski and Chara are better, and they don't think he's actually going to come back to Portland after his injury.
2: Yeah, we should uh, we should talk to Lavelle Palmer about what he thinks about Portland fans.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. We should have him on sometime. That'd be a good idea. Yeah, uh, that's a lot of fun. I would actually Pacificos love Pacificos. And... <laughs>
2: um, but, but lots yeah, of
1: Pacificos.
2: That was a team that that turned their back on Lavelle Palmer pretty quickly, uh, despite him not being an awful player. Uh, and then he came here, and everyone fell in love with him, and he was a good player. And and he went to where did he go? Chicago, and people seemed to like Harder. him there, right?
0: Yeah, that yeah, that Portland situation was super complicated.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot more to that story.
0: Oh, yeah. But but,
2: but Portland fans have, have a, is, but... a history of discontent.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: That, that's kind of the point, I think, with that one. Uh, I would happily take Will Johnson back, actually, if they want to send him
0: here. Oh, God me too. You know what? I would give up. I would be okay with losing Ned if we were getting Will Johnson back.
2: Actually, that'd be that would be a perfect situation for me. If we were to lose Ned to get Will Johnson back, I think would be best case scenario. And I think with our our more attacking minded midfield now, uh he could be he could have a, a greater impact. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's break away from Fantasyland a little bit uh, because it re- back to reality. Yeah, it's it's really tempting. So that takes away one of I think the best options in the expansion draft for either team.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
2: And in the SB Nation uh, expansion mock expansion draft, Nat Borchers was actually the first player picked. Although I'm a little dubious about the quality of that one with New York City. Waiting until the sixth round to pick an RSL player? Yeah. Because I think that'll that'll come very quickly.
0: I think the first two players taken are gonna be RSL players. Yeah, and Garth Augerways said as much, right?
1: I don't think so as much. I mean, just I I feel like it's it's maybe fan bias that, that's saying that. Well, I don't know. Like maybe. what are you saying about that? I, not, no, I'm saying that because we're RSL fans, we look at the RSL players that are available and we say there's a lot of really good players there, and there are. But what I'm saying is I think it. we're not looking at LA Galaxy or Seattle or, or other teams that are going to leave good players unprotected. And maybe Orlando and New York um, want those players more than they want RSL players. I... I completely comfortable saying that two RSL players are going to be taken. I just don't think it's going to be picks one and two. Well
0: yeah, two RSL players have to be taken, don't they? They don't have to be no. Oh.
1: No, because each team, New York and Orlando only get ten picks from oh, the other eighteen right. teams or whatever. But we're going to yeah, be one I do of the think teams
0: that loses two. Yeah. Probably shit. Um no I What actually... if we aren't? What if we, that'd be cool. What if we aren't?
2: That'd be fantastic, but I think it's pretty realistic to think that uh, if we have options that Orlando thinks New York City will want, especially with you know Jason Jason Christ being there, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they pick an RSL player first, knowing Jason Christ will go after an RSL player very quickly.
1: Yeah, and I- then, then then why wouldn't New York go for other players? I mean. Because Orlando can't pick two RSL players. So yeah, if Orlando can. picks one... They can pick two RSL no, they players. Can't. They actually can, I don't Trevor. think it's true.
2: Have
1: you, really? It,
0: yes, it's true.
1: I thought it was each team could only pick one from each team. No.
0: It's each team can only lose two. <laughs> Trevor's like, well, fuck you guys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that actually...
0: Gets so plenty or, yeah, of reason to if, pick- if Orlando picked two mm-hmm. RSL players, New York mm-hmm. can't take one.
1: Well, then that completely flips my world up. Yeah, well.
0: Your audio sounds really good right
1: now. Alright, then Yeah.
0: Trevor's actually turned into a
1: robot here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is the most professional podcast in the history of
0: podcasts. These production them production values though.
1: This is the worst <laughs> So next podcast we're doing in person, right?
0: Yes. yes. We can't make people listen yeah. to three of these in a row.
1: Although uh to
2: be fair, I've been sick today and I didn't want to get you guys sick. Although I'm starting to wonder if it was just a bad migraine.
0: Pussy
2: I know. Hey Mike. So that's are the not first fun. word that came
1: to play.
0: Do we wanna do we wanna talk about the MLS Cup at all? Uh eh. real quick.
1: It's Sunday. Beyond that I don't really care.
0: <laughs> it's Sunday. No, it's not. It's Thursday, you idiot.
1: No, the game is on Sunday. Well,
0: oh, I know Trevor, I was kidding.
1: Oh, sorry. Um <laughs> good, jo- good joke, Jason. I'm sorry I missed it.
0: Yeah, you better be. <laughs> so, anyways, um, we should do predictions for the MLS Cup. That's the only thing we'll talk about. We'll just predict it. All right. And Matt, you're not All allowed I to still. It. You, know, you have, it's not us, so you have to give a real prediction. I know. You go first, Trevor.
1: Two nothing, LA. ballsy With a uh, with a uh, goal by Robbie Keane, and screw it, Leonardo.
0: Oh my God. Wow! If that happens, the world will will literally like fold in on itself, and <laughs> Earth will turn into a black hole.
1: Leonardo's going to dribble it the entire length of the field. It's going to be—he's
0: uh, going to rabona it.
1: It's like revolution. It's going to be the revolution corner right at the end to tie it to send it to extra time, right? And the ball is going to get headed out, and Leonardo's going to pick it up, dribble the whole length of the field. There's not going to be a goalkeeper, and he's just going to kick it in, make it he's two. He's going to do like right a, He's going to do
0: a he's going to do a Cruyff turn.
1: Yeah, a <laughs> <laughs> uh, couple of stepples on his way.
0: That'd be amazing. I say New England wins on penalties. Ah, huh. I'll be sad if that happens. But yeah, I me too. But I. I well, part of me will be sad. Part of me will laugh forever at Landon Donovan. Forever. That, that's true. Especially because Landon, in my dream scenario, will have missed his penalty.
1: Okay. That would be the best. Or Landon just, like, gets injured, like, 20 minutes in. Like, not, or, he like, like,
0: or he gets, broken,
1: like, a like...
2: Hey, Javier Morales <laughs> was injured in 2009 and 20 minutes in.
0: Like, if Jermaine Jones is,
1: like... Yeah, just something like that. Just like a... Like a...
2: A muscle injury or a Jermaine Jones-inflicted injury? Is that where you're
0: going, Jason? No, like if Jermaine... This is actually one of my better thoughts ever. Hold on. I have to say it without laughing. If Jermaine Jones is like, look, Landon, I'm really sorry that I fucked your girlfriend back when you were playing in Germany. I didn't know it was going to give you mental problems for all these years. (laughs) And it just made Landon so mad that he headbutts Jermaine and he gets thrown out of the match. All right. That'd be one of the the greatest... that'd be one of the greatest plot twists in MLS history. That that would be pretty fantastic. And horrible. Yeah. No, no not horrible, it. just pretty just fantastic.
2: It'd be Italy all over again. Uh I also think it'll go to penalties. Probably 0-0 in regular time. It'll be shocking that Landon hasn't scored. He'll miss his penalty. Everyone else on LA will have no problem. Uh Omar will take the sixth penalty and score. But uh, missing for New England will be Jermaine Jones. Uh, He'll either sky his penalty or put put it well wide.
0: Uh, No, what it is is he'll change into one of those weird dresses that he wears before the penalty kickstart, and he'll trip over it when he's running up to to shoot. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what clothes I'm talking about. I think I do. I'll see if I can find. I also
1: follow Jermaine Jones on Instagram, so I know exactly what Jason is talking about.
0: Yeah, find me a photo. I'm curious. He wears (laughs) like he wears burkas, dude. I'm not kidding. Like Jermaine Jones dresses like he's living under ISIS.
1: All right. (laughs) Okay. Well. Anything else?
2: No, I, I I think it'll probably be a boring MLS Cup, though. I hope so. It, it'll be kind of nice actually I mean, except, to not be involved, except
1: for the the Leonardo run right at the end. That'll be exciting, but I hope the rest of it's just super boring.
2: Yeah, it'll be a MLS narrative day, I guess.
1: Oh, I can't wait to listen to them talk about Donovan all game. Yeah, the whole game. I'm literally going to, like,
0: anything? scoop my eyeballs out with an ice cream scoop by halftime.
2: <laughs> you could do that, or you could just eat a bunch of ice cream.
0: That's a solid backup plan.
2: Yeah, ice cream's really good. Oh, man. All <laughs> right, is there anything we need to say before we go? No, I don't think so. Uh, we'll we'll stay updated on this Netborger stuff. We'll, ant- you know, anticipate other moves being done by the team uh
0: and go from there i guess the i crew. think um here's my last thought on Nat borchers i think it's going to be okay because we're going to sign a really colin to play with Schuler, and and rsl twitter is literally going to go nuclear like chernobyl
2: that would actually be really really funny and it, if he had like a good defensive coach maybe he could be a really great center back
0: colin yeah I'm, he's not a bad I'm center. Put this oh, it's
1: not there. bad. I'm going to put this out there. I really like Aurelian Colin, and I would dig him signing and playing for RSL. Of course. He would I, say I don't that. think it's going to happen, but I've been saying that the whole time. I like Colin. I if mean, you, he's like, he's a dick, a thug, but before uh, we go, I think he's a good defender. It's like, weird. It's, it's like the
0: more convinced uh, version of Ned or Cole. If could take any, or if you could pick any center back to replace Snap Orgers, another team in MLS, who would it be?
1: I've got a controversial answer. Okay, go ahead. Oh, well, I I think,
2: I, I, oh my god. That is not controversial. I was no. going to say that too. Well,
1: well,
2: there it is. But not for you know, his salary. Yeah, yeah. You know who without I was going to say, I,
0: I, actually? I was going to say AJ De La Garza. Okay. Because first thought is he would play really well alongside Schuller because Schuller and Gonz- Gonzalez play similarly, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah.
1: And true. also because yeah. De
0: La Garza can play outside. Yeah, a versatile player. That's that's yeah. a good thing. I was thinking big picture, but man, it would be awesome if we signed AJ De La Garza. Yeah. Make it so RSO. Uh, how about.
1: Chad Marshall? No. Oh, uh, yeah.
2: How about Hamison yes. Olive? Oh, that was going to be my next answer.
1: <laughs> oh, really? Yeah,
2: there's this <laughs> guy in New York who plays pretty well. Homison Olive?
0: Can, <laughs> can Lavelle Palmer play center back? Or...
2: I don't know. You'd have to ask him. I will. Oh, Ridgewell would be fun. Yeah, I don't think... Uh... I don't think Portland would be exchanging Borchers yeah. and Ridgewell, but
0: this is a dream, Matt. That's okay. True. There's no rules in my dreams.
2: I love your dreams. Say, uh, well, hard calm hard down, calm, pump the brakes, buddy, Jesus. I will pump pump the metaphorical brakes. Uh, what other options are there
1: that are good? Who's the other center back for New England? That's not Gonzalez. I'm just trying to think of his name. I can't. I can't even think of who it is right now.
0: Let's Google it.
1: It's not, it's not Chris Tierney, is it?
0: How about Minda? No. That was a, that was a joke, guys. But
1: yeah, I, I wouldn't take Minda for anything.
0: How about Bobby Burling? His brother is super nice. <laughs> oh, are you, oh, Andrew Farrell. Andrew Farrell would be awesome, Trevor. That's a good call. Yeah,
1: that's that, that's that, the one I'm thinking of. I like that chat. I would Farrell.
0: Mm, I'm trying to think of other ones too now. Uh, Matt. Well, I wouldn't take Beesler. I I might take Beesler. Matt Hedges would be cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is so the finally
0: see in person that Schuler actually better than Matt Hedges, but.
1: Yeah. Yes. Now there was a shout for on Twitter from Ay for for, for uh, George John, but uh, I'd take Hedges.
0: Yeah, definitely. What about Clarence Goodson? Uh, no. Uh, He's
1: old and past it.
0: He just launches the ball forward too
2: much for my tastes. Yeah. Yeah. Hoof and hope. All that.
1: Makes sense that he landed in San Jose.
0: Hmm. Are there any good defenders in, like, Philly? Or D.C.?
1: Nope. Uh Boswell. Bobby No,
0: don't dare say Boswell. I'll fucking hang up. Alright. <laughs> I guess that'd be one way to end the podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's alright. He's not best eleven, but
1: No, he's not. I would agree with that, but he's hey, okay. We
0: should we should have talked about that too, that best eleven horse shit.
1: Oh yeah. Let's let's
2: complain
0: a little bit. So it's not most improved over your shitty previous season 11. Are you sure about that? Apparently, I'm the only one who is sure about that. <laughs> People that voted, apparently, were not sure about that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the only thing that kept a spindle off that best 11 was him shoving a referee in the last match of the season. Yeah. I don't I heard know. about but, his
1: ban for that, right?
0: Yeah, six games. It's like 20% he of the season.
1: Six games, holy crap! Yeah, yeah, that's but the he can um. Play in CCL. Yeah, you so, can. That's good for them. I yeah, think that's like the yeah. third longest.
0: Yeah, I hear he's a really clutch in continental up. competition, actually.
1: Oh. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to be fair, for DC, he did score a fantastic goal in the group stage that. I don't know if it mattered or not at that point because I think they were already through. But it was a good goal.
2: Oh, yeah, he scored some good goals, but... Yeah. Um... All right, so I'm looking at the best 11 now. I'd like to read it off. You tell me which of these midfielders they have listed is actually a forward. Landon Donovan, Thierry Henry, Lee Wynn, and Diego Valeri.
0: Um... Two of those four are actually forwards. Yep.
1: Yes.
2: So they're... And, like, maybe you can debate that that Landon Donovan is, like, some inverted winger, or, like, an all-out winger, or, like, a winger that plays it forward. But you'd be just, you know,
0: talking about... He's a 3 Cortista.
2: Yeah, and maybe.
1: I
0: was Uh, just
2: kidding. I know. No, but he he is a forward. At
1: at best, he's a Rooney. It's like... Kind of midfielder, kind of forward, but mostly forward.
2: Yeah. yeah. A forward like
1: if you want to stretch it, he's, he's a midfielder that way, but even that, it's not a midfielder.
2: Yeah, he's a wide forward. Thierry Henry, definitely a forward, even if he plays a little deeper. He's still playing a forward role. Yeah, he's a deep yep.
0: line forward. Yeah. That wasn't a joke, actually. That's what he plays.
2: Yeah. yeah. And the other two, Lee Wynn and Diego Valeri, both attacking midfielders. Now that's obviously not the most upsetting of the of the whole thing. Uh the fact that there are no midfielders who play any sort of defensive role.
0: And that's a, like Matt um Doyle, point. said that so many teams at MLS use defensive mid position that should ha- like have to be a position for the best 11.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's supposed to be the best 11 like as a uh, like it's not the best 11 players. It's the best 11, right? This should be yeah. like a viable team. Well,
1: I mean, that, that's what they call it, but realistically, I don't think it's ever been the best team. I think it's just been the best 11 players. Well, but yeah, it then, wasn't the best
0: 11 players even this season. Why would you need three or four
2: defenders in there anyway? Or three defenders. It's always been three defenders, which is ridiculous anyway. But if that's going to be the case, why even put defenders in there? If the defenders aren't better than the forwards in your mind, because they haven't scored as many goals, probably, then why even include
1: those? No, I I, I agree. It's stupid and garbage and dumb, and it's it's just a really poor way of doing it. They really should just do like a standard four four two or a four three three, and just pick the best outside back, the two best center backs. And- the best defensive midfielder, the best attacking forward midfielder and two forwards and the best goalkeeper. And that should be it. I mean, I, I don't see why it's so, difficult. but with this one, they've got six forwards, two midfielders, three defenders and a goalkeeper, which is, it's, it's silly, it's stupid. I don't like it.
2: Yeah. So did you know Todd Dunavant got it in 2011? <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten that. <laughs>
1: You know who was the – no, never mind. I'm not going to go on that rant right now. Gonna Are we
0: going to say at least they got the goalkeeper right? Oh, wait.
1: Uh,
0: no, they fucking didn't. That's right.
1: No, who did, who was the goalkeeper of the year in 2011?
2: 2011 was Casey Keller. Captain Sweatpants yeah, himself. I, I was referring
1: I, to
0: this year.
2: Yeah, I know. I
1: agree, yeah with you, Jason. that's another that's another rant that we could go on the and should that's
2: year. that's the whole point of going on you know taking this path is to talk about yeah. how Nick Ramondo was arguably the best goalkeeper in MLs this year,
1: right? Well, arguably is soft. I mean, I really don't think there's any way that you can conceivably say that Hamid one hundred percent had a better year than Ramondo. i I just any way you stack it up. Except for, I think save percentage, Ramondo is better.
2: Actually, save percentage only by one
0: percentage point. And I think he, yeah, he which, stopped more shots. But stop stop shots is not a great statistic to measure keepers by. Uh, it's a yeah. horrible statistic to measure keepers by. Yeah. I think so, I think Clark about. Clark would have been a better choice than Hamid.
1: Yeah, I'm going to disagree there. Of course, you are.
0: I mean, we and, can't agree on two things in a row. That's not allowed.
1: <laughs> Hamid had a
2: good season.
1: Like like no, not he, to take he,
2: too much away from him.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. I I don't want to take too much away from Hamid cuz he did have a fantastic season, worthy of recognition, but not goalkeeper of the year. And I think it's you, it, it's ridiculous that it wasn't Romando for so many reasons. I mean, you can look at the whole um he's been in the league for like what, 15 years now and he's never won it even though he over the last 8 or 9 years has definitely been the best goalkeeper. I mean, that alone, I, I think it's probably worthy, especially on the year that he had this year. He broke the shutout record, which maybe in and of itself should be worthy of a goalkeeper of the year. But, I mean, Hamid had a good year, but he wasn't as good as Ramondo. Yeah. Any stretch of the imagination. I just, yeah, I, I hate the goalkeeper of the year. I looked at it over like the last six or seven years, who won it, and it's all just... Dumb. Yeah. Every year they get it wrong,
2: and it's it's always the media vote that gets it wrong too. And one of the things that biased media against Ramondo this year in the vote, despite most media members looking like they actually would have picked Ramondo, uh, but maybe that's just the limited set we get to see on Twitter every day. Uh, one of the arguments I saw is that Bilhamid played more games, which is just insane when you consider that Nick Ramondo went to the World Cup
1: congratulations, Wade. You played, played more, more games than a guy that went to the world. That's, yeah, it's the dumbest argument yeah. in the world. I mean, I the only time that that argument, I'll accept it, is last year against Pinedo when you say he's not the goalkeeper of the year because he only played eight games. Yeah. Completely get it. But when the difference is 34 games versus 28 or whatever Mondo has because he missed six games because he was at the World Cup, I mean, if anything, going to the World Cup should count towards being a goalkeeper of the year. Yeah. It should be you.
2: Okay, so if, if we look since, let's, let's just cut it off at 2009. Uh, in 2009, we had Zach Thornton at Chivas USA. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, right? Isn't that the
0: best? Do you know where Zach Thornton is now? Probably working at Winco in West Valley City. Is there a is, Winco in West Valley mm-hmm. City?
2: Fuck yeah, I love that Winko. Ah, there's a, there's a Winko in uh, Midvale, too.
1: Yeah, genuinely. I, I have no idea what happened in Thornton.
2: Oh, he retired. He's the goalkeeping right. coach at Elizabethtown. He, did, he oh, retired dude, in yeah. 2011.
1: Okay. Well, he still was still a good goalkeeper. Anyway, so 2009 was at Thornton.
2: 2010, Donovan Ricketts at LA.
1: whoop do you doo I think it started on Donovan Ricketts.
2: Oh, just wait. 2011, Casey (laughs) Keller in Seattle. Who I think won the award just because he came back to the U.S.
1: And he retired that year, didn't he?
0: Yeah. That's probably part of his deal. Casey, if you come back, we'll give you the Keeper of the Year award.
1: Well, and to be fair, he was still a pretty good keeper. He
0: kept Seattle in a
1: lot of games. He was good, but...
2: Was he the best that keeper year, that year? No. Ah. You know who I'd give it to that year? Nick Romando. Well, yeah. But Nick Romando in 2011 wasn't even nominated. So.
1: Oh my god. I kind of want mean, to. I kind I'd kind of want to look over 2011 again because I do remember that Keller had a really solid case for keeper of the year. When I was looking at it, that was the only year I was like, okay, that year I can. I get. I understand.
2: Yeah, I understand it too. It's. I don't know, like Nick Ramondo did really well, but wasn't even nominated. That was the problem I had with it. Yeah. Okay, 2012, Jimmy Nielsen. Two
1: thousand was garbage.
2: 2013, Donovan Ricketts again.
0: Oh, that's the one that
1: pissed me so off gar- the most,
0: because I saw Donovan Ricketts play a lot last year.
1: Yeah,
2: and he was not good. No.
1: That was the year he won based on, like, Save the Week, Wins like period like that's all he had he won like. Donovan Ricketts was so bad last year
0: that when they handed him the award he dropped it.
1: Yeah. God.
2: Come on, that was a solid joke, fuckers. It was.
1: I'm sorry, I'm I'm too upset at the fact that Donovan Ricketts has won two goalkeeper of the year awards in the last six years, and Armando can't get one.
2: Tim Howard is the only other one to have won. Oh no, Zach Thornton won it twice too. That just in, makes me mad. In two in nineteen ninety eight, he won it as well. But I well, would... the league was
1: kind of a piece of crap back then, so he probably was the best goalkeeper, to be honest.
0: Yeah. And I, I love too that there's been, like, legitimate talk that they could name the award after Nick Romano, The award that he's never fucking won. <laughs>
2: yeah, um, and I think everyone assumes until they look at the past awards that Raimondo has won it before. And if you don't follow the league closely, maybe you think, oh, Nick Raimondo's won it before. No, Like, let's give it to this young, up-and-comer national team guy.
0: Joe Cannon won it twice. Oh, did he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking isn't, at the list.
1: Isn't this the best? Just going Pat over the past Onstead and Joe World. Cannon won it
0: twice. And Zach Thornton.
1: Wait, who was the other one that won it twice?
0: Pat Onstead. Yeah, you heard that.
1: Yeah. Well, to again, in his day when the league had terrible goalkeepers, he was not bad.
0: John Bush won it once? Oh, my God.
1: and Ricketts was- won it twice as well.
2: Kevin Hartman once. You know what's really weird about Joe Cannon winning it twice? It makes sense
1: because Hartman is actually really good.
2: In 2002, Tim Howard was the one who got goalkeeper in the best eleven, but not goalkeeper of the year.
1: See, I knew that happened once. That's kind of what I was thinking was going to happen this year. Was that Hamid was going to be best eleven, and then Ramondo would get goalkeeper of the year?
0: Yeah,
2: that would be. I thought that might happen. Too optimistic, Trevor.
0: Joe Cannon was really good, no, though. Clearly. Oh, yeah. He's from Idaho. Poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> is he? Oh, he's, from, is he's actually from, like, not far from here. He's from Sun Valley.
2: Oh, yeah, that's what, four hours? Yeah.
1: Yeah, about that. All
2: right, well, I think that wraps up our ranting.
0: Yeah. Fuck you, MLS. Yeah. Huh.
2: Yeah, it's mostly the media vote that, that really gets me.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. if the media vote was split, then Ramada would have won it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, part of the problem is that we've got a lot of East Coast media voting in these things. And maybe they don't actually pay attention, most of them. And they definitely don't stay up for these West Coast games. Except when Donovan Beckett's yeah. won, I guess. But I think that was, well maybe that's part of it. Like they won because they never got to see Donovan Ricketts play. Yeah, <laughs> the man, man who like, spilled you know, every ball.
0: Even Richard Farley and I don't I don't think I'm misquoting him here. I hope I'm not. He said on on frame that part of you know even if you'll never hear them say it, part of the reason the media doesn't vote for Armando is because uh. it's very disproportionate geographically where that media vote comes from. Yeah. And those East Coast guys don't stay up and watch West Coast games.
2: Yeah, they stay up, watch their team, and then they're done.
0: Yeah, and of course, if Hamid... So, this is my other mini rant. If Hamid didn't play in D.C., there's no fucking way he would have won that award over Armando this year. Yeah. Because so much of the like old school like MLS old guard in terms of journalists and and national media coverage, they're in DC and they're huge, huge, like just DC wank off fest for DC United. It's yeah. the same reason that fucking Bobby Boswell made the best eleven and Ben Ben Olsen. Well, Ben Olsen he might have deserved Coach of the Year. But probably not. Ziggy probably should
1: have won it. Probably. Or oh, Bruce who was even. it? Somebody, somebody said on Twitter, like, um, the reason that Ben Olson, and it was it was not Richard Farley, but it was like a Richard Farley, like a national media type person. Um, the reason that Ben Olson won it this year, and the reason that uh, whoever it was that won it last year won it, is just because you can't give the award to Bruce Arena every year if you're giving it to the best coach. It should go to Bruce Arena every year,
0: but you can't and, say you can't say that Olson deserved it more than Schmidt. I mean, Schmidt won two trophies this year. No, I, 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 I completely agree. I don't. Oh, think and Olsen, Caleb Porter is mean, the one that won it last uh, last year.
2: Yeah, I and mean, if we look at the like the difference in points year to year for. So if we take each coach of the year, look at the points for the previous year to the year they won it, and then points the year they won it, there was like a 20 to 30 point gain for most of these coaches. It's basically,
0: yeah, it's just a basically, it's a reward for turning your team around. That doesn't, that's not the point of the award. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it yeah, and that's, if you're successful long
2: term, it, it hurts your chances.
1: And that, that's the problem I have with Ben Olsen winning. I mean, great that he turned his team around, but he was the coach last year, too. He was yeah. the coach the year before that. He was the coach of the shitty. It wasn't like he inherited a shit pile and then suddenly made it fantastic. He put it there and brought it back out because of a huge influx of money and wrong changes, which, I mean, he may have orchestrated, but he didn't really... To get that, he had to be terrible the year before. So, yeah, oh, it, it's the same thing. Christ never
0: winning coach of the year is like the equivalent of Ramondo never winning goalkeeper of the year.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh,
2: watch now that he's in New York City, he'll get it next year.
0: Oh, yeah. That's, I was about, that was my follow-up is he'll win it next year. Oh, like, if New York City come in and, and you know finish second in the East or something and go on a good playoff run, he'll get coach of the year.
1: Yeah. No, not, not even that. If they make the playoffs, he'll get coach of the year just because there'll be an expansion team that made the playoffs in their first year. And nobody's ever done that except for Jason Christ. And I mean, they're going to barely squeak into the, be the 12th team in that 12 team playoff.
0: which oh, yeah. is Also
1: garbage that we could rant on. I'm doing a hand
0: wank motion right now when you said 12 team playoff, but, but it might help yeah. us next year. So I'm actually okay with it,
1: but yeah, yeah, no, it's, it, it's ridiculous. A
0: little bit. All yeah.
1: of, All of the awards. I get the only award this year that I was like, 100%, I get that, was the MVP, and that was Robbie Keane getting it, which makes perfect sense. I get that one every day of the week. But I don't think there was another single award that was handed out that I was like, eh, this is kind of really stupid, guys. Yeah. The fact that they still have the comeback player of the year award is another thing.
0: Do they have that? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Who won that yeah, you know who? Rodney Wallace, which, I mean, I get. He oh, my God. Oh, injury. I remember.
0: This is the one that made me the most mad because I was talking yeah. bad about it. He didn't have a comeback. I, he fucking got hurt before the season started. And got That's not. It's not. It's not the burn from injury or more.
2: You're cutting out a lot here. I think it's because you're getting too angry.
0: Sorry. Can you?
2: <laughs> now nah, you're still cutting out. It's probably my fault, to be honest. Is this is that better? Yeah, that is.
0: Okay, it's not the it's not the return from injury award. It's like the comeback player. You know who should have won it? Robbie Rogers should have won it. Yeah, yeah. He he year, he was a mess, and this year he had an amazing comeback from where he was at previously. No, that's a good
1: argument. Well, and that's the thing, like, define comeback. Like, is it coming back from injury? Is it coming back from being terrible the year before? Is it coming back from some severe illness? Like, I mean, Kevin Alston beat leukemia, and now he's playing oh, again. dude,
0: yeah, you're right. Holy shit, you're right. And you know he's I mean? playing like, pretty like,
1: well. We, and he's playing the
0: MLS Cup final.
1: But... Yeah, I mean, we had a guy that fucking had cancer, and now he doesn't, and he's still playing. And he play he's in, not the comeback player of the year? He doesn't play in Cascadia. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, it's just the, I'm not bitter, I swear. Okay, you, you know who <laughs> won it in 2011? Who?
2: David Beckham.
0: Oh my, what did he come, he came back from Syria and they gave him the award? They were just yeah, so happy from, that he... Uh, I came think back that,
1: from being a really shitty version of David Beckham.
2: Uh, it was his last year, right? So they gave nope. it to him?
0: He he came back from playing in a league he actually cared about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, oh, that's in the year he tore his ACL with uh, that PSG uh, in
2: 2013. Okay, is that? That's when he or yeah he he joined PSG in 2013. Maybe was Milan when he tore it, that's right? Oh yeah, maybe. But that's another comeback from injury.
1: Let's see the guy Player of the Year award is the dumbest in the world. It's the most manufactured award they can probably... Like, it's
0: not if you explain... Like, that's the other thing, too, is the, the transparency transparency thing with MLS. It not, they don't give you a reason. They don't think this is why the guy got the award.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I do like... Um, I know Matt Doyle has kind of been on this on the push for the last couple of years to like make media members like reveal their votes, so you know, like who's voting for who and and why they're voting that way, and I know that
0: so you can see all the media key votes, vote for the
1: Yeah, anytime there's a vote on the best, Doyle tweeted his best eleven vote, um, and his league MVP and, and all that stuff, and he's been one of the guys that's trying to, to do that because he knows, and I. I really like media members like I said just to vote for the cover they don't they don't care act best alone vote for teams of the cover and teams that they walk because that's who they play all the time yeah. so when you get a new guy voting for Hamid it's because he covers New York Roblox isn't good enough he's seen Hamid play three times, so he was pretty good or he just covers DC so of course he's going to vote for him I mean. It just transparent, which they should be, because there's the media at the right? They're supposed to be completely transparent. And, yeah, there's very few, I believe, even. You're
2: cutting out a lot here. No, I mean, I understand where both of you are coming from. I I agree. It's transparency. It should be an essential part of journalism. I, I know it's sports journalism but but journalists constantly push for you know more transparency in everything they cover. Uh and so to not have that transparency themselves because they're making some subjective pick and they don't want to anger their their 200 followers uh you know it's it it's very strange to me I guess.
0: Like I just put up Rodney Henry he really laughed after- hurt. The last match of the season rush Yeah, he missed of the season, and then he missed March, April, and May. He missed three months really of season time, and he won comeback player of the year. Over a guy answer like Trevor said, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is.
2: Yeah.
1: I think that's that's the point we're getting at.
0: <laughs>
2: I agree with you. All right, it's
1: should we all these are insane.
2: Should we wrap this podcast up?
1: Yeah, let's do it before we keep going.
2: Yeah. Well, that's what we do. So, it's been another episode. Uh thanks for listening, I guess. Do you guys have anything to say in parting?
1: No. Uh,
0: no.
2: Okay. We'll be back I think early next week to talk expansion draft before and then probably after. Uh, and then re-entry draft, and it's all going to be a lot of awful fun, and I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to I'm
1: suck. totally looking forward to it.
2: We should do a Tuesday show and a Thursday show next week. I think we might need to.
0: Yep.
1: I, think, I think that's the plan. Okay. All right, well, let's... Ready, you break. Okay,
2: all right, talk to you guys later. All right, later.
1: All right. bomb ka